Welcome to the Memorial Sermon Podcast. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your walk with God and drive you closer to Jesus. For more information about our church, visit our website, nbcmetairie.org. Now here's this week's message. I have to always think about how kids, and probably your kids too, they're always wanting something more. They're always seeing what mom and dad can do, and they're wanting to be able to do those things too, but their time has not yet come. Something happened to me yesterday, as a matter of fact. I'm sitting at my breakfast table. My, we all have breakfast together every morning, so we're sitting around, we're having breakfast, and my three-year-old, who is in our ELC, who will be in pre-K four here next year, she does something and she lifts up her arm, and I notice these huge black blotches under her arm and I said obviously she has drawn on herself with a marker but do you know what has happened she has watched her daddy each morning get up get dressed put my deodorant on and so she does not have a bar of deodorant so here's what she does she finds the biggest black sharpie she can find and she goes to town on her armpits She's looking at me saying, I want what you have. She's despising the small beginnings. She wants to be further along. And I want us to talk about today that in our school, we don't despise those small beginnings. In fact, here's what we do. We embrace small beginnings. It also happens, though, in the adult life. Have you ever been in a job and you thought, Why am I here? It's either not where you want to be, or it's boring, or you're always just kind of waiting for the next big thing. Maybe you own your own business, and you're thinking, okay, God, when is it going to happen? When's the opportunity going to happen? Maybe you're in the single life, and you're at that single life, and you're saying, God, how long, Lord? How long? I was thinking about the, the, the Beach Boys song. You remember the Beach Boys song, Wouldn't It Be Nice? You remember that song? The, the, the lyrics go, wouldn't it be nice if we were older? That was written in 1966. Well, now those guys are wishing, wouldn't it be nice if we were younger? You know, think about that. They're looking forward to something. And kids, even sometimes, we love them unconditionally. I'm a dad myself. We love them unconditionally. But let's just be honest here. Sometimes the days are long with our kids. The days are long. They say the days are long. They say the, the, the days are long, but the years are short. Isn't that the truth? And even our teenagers that are here today, they're a part of our youth group. Some of our teenagers, you're thinking, man, when am I just going to graduate? See, we're always looking forward. And I find it fascinating that even in our Bible, and what we're going to cover very quickly today, is that God raised up the greatest king of Israel. And he didn't raise him up in a palace. He raised him up in a pasture. King David, before he was king for 40 years, he was a shepherd. Before he fought the giant Goliath, he was a shepherd. Before he played music in the King Saul's court, he was a shepherd. And God was doing that in his life because he was developing his heart. 
Today I want to read from you. We're going to put it up here on, on the screen, uh, just the, the, the reference here. But I'm going to read from you from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 3 through 12. And we're going to be able to apply this to our kids' lives. We're going to be able to apply this to our lives. And I think we're going to walk out of here today knowing that God is setting us up for something. In verse 3, it says this, talking about David, it says that King Samuel came and he is going to anoint the next king. And so he finds a guy named Jesse who has all these sons. And he's thinking to himself, I'm going to get the next king out of this guy's sons. And so he's excited. And so he steps up there and they invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And, and he said, God tells him, you are to anoint for me the one that I indicate to you. So it goes on, and Samuel did what the Lord directed and went to Bethlehem. And with the elders of the town, they met and they asked him, do you come in peace? And Samuel says, I do come in peace. I've come to give a sacrifice to the Lord. So consecrate yourselves. So they consecrated Jesse and his sons, and they invited them to the sacrifice. And then they bring out the sons. And they start out with the oldest, and they begin to go through all the way to the youngest. Listen to this. And when they arrive, look at this, Samuel, who is going to anoint the king, he didn't know who it was. He sees the very first son. His name is Eliab. Do you know why you've never heard the name Eliab before? Because he never became king. But he was a good-looking guy. He was tall. He looked like a leader. But God looks at him and says, nope. That's not the one. Even when Samuel said, certainly the Lord's anointed is this one here before me. God says, nope, don't consider his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him. The old Bibles would say, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And they parade all these other sons in front of Samuel. And God says, no. God says, no. God says, no. No. And they get through seven sons. And Samuel's looking around going, man, I think, I, I mean, I knew I was supposed to come here. You sure you don't have anybody else? And he said, I've got a young son who's out in the field. He's just a boy. You want to see him? Samuel says, yeah, I want to see him. And they bring him out. And God says, that's the guy. That's the guy that I want. You see, what God taught David in that pasture as a shepherd, I want you to hear this. We are teaching our pre-K-4 and kindergartners, and this is also what God wants in our life too. Don't despise the small beginnings. I don't know what your pasture is here today, but here's what I do know is that a pre-K-4 student, a kindergartner has a future and they have the ability to change the world. They have the ability to change your family and this community. And we don't despise that small beginning in them and we don't despise that small beginning in you. But what was God doing that whole time what was he doing in the fields as he was raising up David? What is God doing in your child's classroom? What is he doing here? What is he developing? And what is God doing in you personally? Well, just three simple things that I think are important. God teaches us through these small beginnings. Number one, confidence in him. 
confidence in him. You know, in this day and age, there's so much talk about self-confidence. You hear it all the time. You just got to have self-confidence. And don't, don't hear me wrong. I think self-confidence has its place. But you know what? Self-confidence is kind of like a, an ice sculpture in a hockey arena. You know, it's all, everything's all good when you're in the right environment, but you take that ice sculpture out into the parking lot and now it's a whole different ball game. It's the same way with us. When we have self-confidence, it works in the right environment, but you take us out of that and it's, it's something else. Because let me tell you something, when a nine foot, nine inch giant named Goliath came years later, do you want to see where the people of Israel, you want to know what happens with their self-confidence? I'm going to show it to you this morning. Look at this, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 10 and 11. We'll put it up here on the screen. Look at it with me. It says, so when the Philistines said, that's Goliath, by the way, nine foot, nine inches, send me a man so that, I can, so that we can fight each other. When Saul and all Israel heard these words from the Philistine, look at this, they lost their courage and were terrified. How's that self-confidence working out for them? Whole army of people. But then later on, David comes. David comes and he hears this Philistine and he hears him talking. And remember, God has been working on him in confidence in the pasture. There was a time that, that a bear came out. And, and David, you know, came out and he, and he fought the bear. There was a time that a lion came out and he fought the lion in the pasture. God was getting him ready. Look at how David responds. We'll put this up here. 1 Samuel 17, verse 37. Then David said, the Lord, see where his confidence is? Who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. What if David had rolled his eyes at tending the sheep? What if he had just rolled his eyes? Our kids, you know, they roll their eyes. And you're like, yeah, you roll your eyes again. Let's see what happens, you know? And so they, what if he had rolled his eyes at the sheep? What if he had rolled his eyes at the job, the menial task? What if we roll our eyes at the job that God has given us? What if we roll our eyes at the menial task? What if we roll our eyes at our relationship or being young or being inexperienced? See, God is teaching your little one in the classroom right now here at Memorial to rely on Him. And God is teaching us to rely on Him. I got to tell you the story of my 30th birthday. This was a decade ago. Decided to go zip lining, okay? And what they tell you when you go zip lining, this was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. This was not here, you know, in the swamp. Here they have, they got us way up high. I mean, we are above the trees. We are so high up. I mean, this is unbelievable. And so as we get out there zip lining and they say, all right, now listen, if you want to go fast, you ball up. And if you want to go slow, if you want to slow down, then you put your arms and your legs out and you do this thing called a starfish. Well, we got going. I balled up. I'm thinking, yes, this is going to be great. And I get going. I get going fast. And before I know it, man, I am scared out of my mind. And so I'm like, okay, starfish, you know, starfish. And so I, I starfish, but I did it a little too soon. And I stop right in the middle of this thing. I am dangling 80 to 100 feet in the air. I am, above, I am looking down at the tops of the trees. But you know what? Even though I was scared, even though my heart was racing, 
I was okay. You want to know why? Because they had a leader to the group. And the leader to the group says, no problem. I got you. And he hooks himself in. And no lie, this dude gets out there. He's a little skinny little thing. He gets out there and he works his way out there. He's got his feet dangling around this wire. He wheels himself all the way out there, grabs me and brings me in. Aren't you glad? I was glad my confidence was not in myself. I was glad my confidence was in someone else who had the ability to reel me back in. We teach that every day in the classroom here at Memorial. The second thing, real quick, that I want you to write down is that not only do we do confidence in Him, but God teaches us through those small beginnings to have a commitment to Him. To have a commitment. This is what God taught David. This is what we're teaching your pre-K and kindergartner. This is what God is teaching us too. Now, let me tell you something. Watching sheep just isn't the most stimulating job. Okay? It's probably not the most stimulating job. But he hung in there, and I'll tell you why. Because those sheep, their lives were important. Let me tell you something. When we work with your student, let me tell you, I don't think there's ever a dull moment. But I will say this, that your children's lives are absolutely important. And there's a commitment that we have with Mr. Riggs, with our teachers, with myself. But there's also something that I want you to hear today, and that is God's commitment to you. See, a lot of people don't know this, but there was one time when David was running for his life. This was after Goliath. He was running for his life. He was running. He actually had to go live with his enemies. Imagine that. He couldn't live with his own people. He had to go live with his enemies. And what happened was, is the enemies were said, isn't that David? Isn't that David? Do you know what David did? He didn't get his sword, 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 sword and shield. There we go. He acted like a crazy man. The Bible tells us that he let the saliva run down his beard and he started marking on the walls. Does that sound like a giant killer to you? I don't know about you, but if I had been running for my enemies and had a situation like that take place, I would have been like, God, it's been real, it's been fun, but not real fun. I'm out. And so for us, that we've got to remember, we've got to stay committed. We teach that to our kids and we teach that to our parents. Don't give up. There's never, listen to me, there's never a right time to do the wrong thing. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And you stay committed. Because here's how you do it. You see how much Jesus Christ was committed to you. He didn't cop out on the cross. He didn't say, oh, nails. Man, that, that doesn't, oh, I'm going to be whipped. Oh, that wasn't in the script. How did it happen with Jesus? He went through the cross and all the whipping, all the torture to the very end because he's committed to you. If he's committed to you, you can be committed to others. You can be committed in your marriage. You can be committed in your job. You can be committed to your schoolwork, to your faith, and you're always looking forward. And you know what this is called? The Bible calls it hope. The Bible calls it hope when you're looking forward and you're staying committed. Because God told King David he was going to be king. And so he was going to stay committed to that call. One last thing before we go today that we teach in our classrooms, and I believe that God is wanting to teach us in those small beginnings, is that God teaches us conviction for him. Conviction. So not only was David have these other things, David was passionate. 
He was so passionate about his God. David had a relationship with God. David didn't have religion. Let me tell you something. Religion is checking the boxes. Did I go to church? Did I do this? Did I do that? David didn't have the, this, this check the boxes mentality. He had conviction. He had passion because he had a relationship with God. And that's what it's all about. I want you to know that we do not teach your child religion here. We teach them how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we want with your kids, and that's what we want in your lives as well. But so many times what I see that happens, you know, those pre-K and kindergartners, as you can see even here this morning, they get distracted. You know this at home. Don't they get distracted? You ask them to do something, you want them to do something. It's almost like you got to follow them around everywhere they go. They get distracted. And sometimes we get so frustrated with, with them just getting distracted and looking off and doing something that they're not necessarily supposed to be doing. I wonder how much God looks at us when he says, have conviction for me. And we as adults are so distracted. See, we bring our kids to a Christian school and we bring our kids to a, a Christian church, but we don't want it ourselves. Come on. See, that's what God wants in our lives. God is looking at us. And he's saying, just focus. Focus for two seconds. And so David had this conviction. In fact, we see in Psalms chapter 53, David was out in that field, that small beginning in the field. And he would use his time to play the harp and he would write songs. You want to know one of the songs that he wrote? Look at this one. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. He was convinced. He says, you know what? I am convinced that there's a God. I'm convinced that he loves me. I'm convinced that there's a relationship that I can have. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. Psalm 53 verse 2 says, God has looked down from heaven upon the sons of man to see if there's anyone wise who seeks God. God is looking down from heaven. He did it 3,000 years ago with this story and he's doing it right now. And he's seeing if there's any that seek God. And he was absolutely convinced how God, how real God was and that God loved him. As we close today, I want to share with you a story of a little girl who was in kindergarten. I was reading a story this week of a pastor, also a teacher. He's a professor who was, uh, he travels a lot and speaks a lot. And so he was getting on, he was getting ready to get on the airplane. And so he was at the, the airport. And so as he's getting ready to get on this airplane, he sees this little girl who's going to be flying to Colorado to see her daddy. And she's young. She's a little kindergarten girl. And so she is announcing to everyone that she is going to go see her daddy. She is dancing. And you know how they get on the little, you, your kids are so cute, by the way. You know how they get on the little cute dresses? You know how they get on the little cute shoes? I envy you guys who have, who have boys, you know? The only blue that my daughter wears is because Elsa wears, okay? So they're getting ready. They're so cute, so decked out. Everyone who's sitting around knows that she's getting ready to go see her daddy in Colorado. And so she gets on the plane. And this guy said, I was hoping to be kind of far back, but nope, God put me right next to her. And so there she is. And so she is saying, I'm getting ready to go see my daddy. And he looks at her and says, I know. And on this flight, there's a little bit of a flight. So they gave her some cookies. They, they kind of passed out cookies. And they passed out Coca-Cola. Passed out all those different things. You know, we sometimes get on the airplane. And then as they're getting into to Colorado, they hit some turbulence. And the plane is bouncing. 
And how do I say this nicely? This little beautiful girl with kindergarten, beautiful dress, beautiful shoes, lace all over her, had um, an eruption, if you will, all over herself. And so they're trying to do their best to clean it up and take good care of her. She gets to the airport. And the guy who's writing this story said, I, I had to see what was going to happen. Because here she is. She's covered. She's a mess. What's going to happen with daddy? So she gets off. She comes off the, the terminal. She gets out right there. And here she is. She's covered. And I, you would be thinking that she would just be so disappointed. You would be thinking that she might even be crying and have tears in her eyes. But as she gets, she's coming off the terminal and he's standing behind one of those pillars. You know what I'm talking about. Kind of, he just kind of watching. I'm going to see what's going to happen here. And so he's watching and she sees her daddy. And she runs up to him, cute clothes, but vomit and all. And so he kneels down and he reaches out because he hadn't seen her in a long time. And he gives her a big bear hug. And he could, you could see the, the words he was mouthing. He says, I love you. I am so happy to see you. I think a lot of times what happens in our lives is we feel like we've got to clean ourselves up in order to go to God. But we have the God of the universe who says, you come to me with your mess and all. You come to me with your small beginnings and all. And I will embrace you. I don't know where you stand with your relationship with Jesus Christ today. Maybe you think you're too far. Maybe you've just been so distracted. I want you to hear today that your heavenly Father is not waiting in a terminal, but He's waiting right now for you to come to Him with all of your stuff, as gross as it might seem. And He wants to give you a big bear hug and come to Him because He loves you and He cares about you.